What's up everybody, Gen X Dividend Investor here. In this video I'm going to share my opinion of what the best brokers in 2020 are, both in the USA and outside the USA, and then after that I'm going to share my perspective as a self-made multimillionaire on a goal that a lot of people have, which is to become a millionaire. This best brokers video came as a result of a member suggestion on my free dividend discord chat server, which is the largest dividend investing chat server in the world with over 2750 dividend investors on it, where I was asked to run a poll on what brokers people like the most. Then as I started seeing the results, I wondered how other broker review websites were rating brokers, so I thought I'd combine their results with my own. I'm also going to show you something very shocking that I found as I went through this process to identify the best brokers, something that really surprised me. And brace yourself, I'm not going to be pushing you to use my referral codes for these brokers, so give me a like if you appreciate that fact that I'm not asking you to use my Webull link or whatever. That being said, be aware that pretty much all brokers have various perks if you join them, usually depending on how much you invest, and some offer free stocks. Most just offer cash if you invest or transfer a decent amount into them, and then if you like Robinhood and Webull, usually offer some amount of free stocks. Now to identify who the best brokers were, I combined data from 8 websites that ranked brokers which were NerdWallet, Stockbrokers, InvestorJunkie, MotleyFool, ConsumersAdvocate.org, Kiplinger's, Investopedia, and BrokerChooser, as well as I included iOS and Android app ratings, as well as I ran a poll asking for people's favorite brokers on my Discord server. So as we go through this, you can look at the data and decide that if you care more about app ratings, then maybe you could weigh that more heavily into what broker you go with. I think that the overall maturity and awareness of a brokerage matters, so that's why I felt that the number of key investing websites rating brokers mattered, and thus weighed that into my rating system I devised. Given that each of these websites I mentioned that ranked brokers had slightly different criteria to arrive at their overall score, I decided I would utilize a point system where I gave 10 points for a broker if it was the highest rated in a website's reviews, 5 points if it was the second highest ranked broker in reviews, and then I added 1 point for each Discord vote I got. I counted the iOS and Android app stores like 2 more websites that could give first or second place votes. So overall there are 8 websites, 2 app stores, and 1 Discord poll for a total of 11 categories that could give points. So as an example, let's say NerdWallet ranks multiple brokers at a 5 out of 5, then they would all get 1 additional first place votes. And then whomever got the second highest votes, which in NerdWallet's case was 4.5 out of 5 votes, got 1 additional second place votes. Of course, some of these brokers I'm comparing are more traditional brokers. Some have robo-advisors for automation, some are geared towards beginners, some are better for options trading, etc. So I just use their overall scores to keep this at a higher level, but I understand that everything is an apples to apples. So as I go over each broker, I'll explain some of the pros and cons I found. Also, since TD Ameritrade and Schwab are becoming one, in my Discord poll I asked if people were using either one and I combined the results, but after going through gathering all this data, I came to the conclusion that I should have just kept them separate in the poll. And finally, before you decide to use a broker, I recommend you verify all this information and dive into the costs and pros and cons, because the details can change on a daily basis, and it's always possible I made a mistake. Okay, let's dive into it. So at 16th place is Acorns, with 7 total points, which is 0 first place votes, 1 second place vote coming from iOS rankings, and 2 votes on my Discord poll. NerdWallet gave it 3.5 out of 5, and InvestorJunkie gave it an 8.5 out of 10, but neither of those scores were ranked as number 1 or number 2 of them. Acorns is less of a classic broker and more of an app that rounds up your spending to the nearest dollar and invests the difference. They call it micro-savings, or maybe that's micro-investing which makes it simple to invest because you hardly notice when you're investing such small amounts. Acorns is basically a robo-advisor that invests in a managed ETF portfolio. My wife actually uses Acorns and likes it. You can do things like set up recurring deposits in order to invest more. 
They also have a feature called Found Money, which lets you earn a bonus investment when you shop at certain places like Walmart, Chevron, Lyft, and others. So for someone who has literally never invested, Acorns is a simple way to dip your toe into it. A small downside is that its normal fees are a dollar a month, though I believe it's free if you are under 24 and in college. They also have IRAs for additional fees, along with some other functionality. At 15th place is stashed with 13 total points, which is zero first place votes, two second place votes from consumersadvocate.org and the iOS store, and three votes in my Discord poll. Stash is more of a direct competitor to Acorns. They also have a small fee to use them, but you can invest in some individual stocks and they have fractional shares. They are another product meant for absolute beginning investors in my opinion. At 14th place is TradeStation with 15 total points, which is one first place vote from NerdWallet, one second place vote from Stockbrokers.com, and no votes on my Discord poll. Supposedly they are made for advanced stock traders and are meant to give you tools that actual professional investors use. One thing that turned me off was that it looks like they have a decent amount of account transfer fees, inactivity fees, and even an annual IRA fee. At 13th place is Webull with 21 total points, which is no first place votes, two second place votes from InvestorJunkie.com and from the iOS store, and 11 votes on my Discord poll. Webull is a brokerage which is pushed hard on YouTube because you can make a ton of money in referral fees. You can also get some free stocks out of it, so that's neat. Webull is a brokerage based out of New York City and is the broker-dealer arm of a Chinese company called Hunan Fumi Information Tech Company. My understanding is that they're regulated by FINRA and they have SIPC insurance. Webull offers commission-free U.S. stocks, ETFs, and options trading without inactivity fees. One downside I've heard with them is that there is weak to no chat and phone support for Webull. I've heard their user interface is good for researching things and is a useful way for newer investors to learn about the market. Next, we have two brokers that both tied 11th place in SoFi and Vanguard. Vanguard has 25 total points, which is no first place votes, four second place votes from NerdWallet, Investor Junkie, Motley Fool, and the iOS store, and they have five votes in my Discord poll. I used Vanguard myself for years as one of my old 401ks was there, and I also tried out their stock trading, but I was never too thrilled with their UIs. That being said, I love Vanguard ETFs like BTI and Boo and such. SoFi also has 25 total points, which is one first place votes at the iOS store, which means the app must be super simple and intuitive to use, and it got two second place votes at NerdWallet and ConsumersAdvocate.org, and they got five votes on my Discord poll. They are a company that offers a variety of services, including loans, mortgages, banking, and investing. They have commission-free US stock and ETF trading. I read that the research tools SoFi offers are quite limited, and it only offers some stocks. It does have a very simple to use interface which is nice for beginners though, and I don't see any account minimums. You can buy fractional shares with SoFi with what they call stock bits, and they offer some crypto for sale. I wouldn't recommend buying much crypto, if any, because it's crazily speculative. That being said, I am long Bitcoin and Ethereum, but I look at it almost like gambling I find it so risky. So I'd be careful if you are thinking of putting in more than a very small percentage of your portfolio into it. Yes, people have made lots on crypto, but people have also lost lots. So tread very carefully. Best bet is to avoid it and just invest in quality stuff. I feel like SoFi can be an okay platform for absolute beginners. Apparently they have a decent recommendation engine which suggests what you can invest in, but be wary that they also recommend their own ETF. I see some risks in owning their ETFs and I would rather own one of Vanguard's like VTI or VU. At number 10 we find M1, a platform I use and like for simple buy and hold investing. M1 got 27 total points, which is no first place votes and one second place vote from the Android store, but then a whopping 22 votes on my Discord poll. And that is what I found very surprising and frankly shocking. 
M1 was almost not part of any standardized reviews of online brokers on those eight sites, other than Investor Junkie, where it didn't finish in the top two. How's that even possible? Well, maybe I just missed the reviews they did on M1. But come to think of it, I personally had never even heard of M1 until I started watching YouTube videos, and I wonder if that is where many of their customers and press come from. According to Wikipedia, M1 Finance got launched in 2016 and then charged fees until December of 2017. So it really has only been around for a few years, and that would explain part of the reason why it's not that well-known of a brand. That all being said, we had a bunch of people on my Discord who liked it, including myself, and most of us came from YouTube based on another poll I ran. My two cents for M1 management would be to reach out to those financial sites and get reviewed to get more traction and press out there. What a lot of people like about M1 is their user interface, which allows you to put together portfolios easily in a visually compelling manner. I had a subscriber ask me to put a representation of my dividend portfolio in M1, so I included a link to it in the description of this video and in all my videos, if you want to take a look. One thing that people don't like about M1 is that they have specific trading windows where you can buy and sell stocks, so it isn't recommended if you are someone who wants to trade frequently. However, if you are a buy and hold investor, then it may be worth considering. I personally would shy away from using it for very large portfolios, simply because I'd like to see them be around for a longer period of time before I trust them with significant amounts of cash. The analytics are fairly weak on it, and I've not had the need to use their customer service, though I've heard it's not that great. Next we come to the ninth highest ranking broker, and it's Merrill Edge, which is one my friend and channel creator Independent Investor likes. Merrill has 33 total points, which is one first place vote from NerdWallet, four second place votes from Stockbrokers.com, Motley Fool, Broker Chooser, and from the iOS store. They also got three votes on my Discord poll. Merrill offers commission-free trading and offers some great tools for their customers, such as a retirement evaluator, a college planning tool, and an asset allocation tool. One of the cons I heard on Investor Junkie was that trades are a bit slow to execute. It has robo-advisors, and there are opportunities to have calls with their financial analysts. They are owned by Bank of America, so it probably has nice integrations and perhaps perks for those customers. They won J.D. Power's Outstanding Customer Service Award for many years in a row, so that's an awesome recognition to earn. Okay, let's move on. At number 8 we have Ally, which got 35 points, which was 3 first place votes from NerdWallet, Investor Junkie, and the iOS Store, but it got no votes on the Discord poll. Ally lets you trade most asset classes such as stocks and bonds and options and forex and such. It also offers various loans and banking options. It has a good user interface and has no commissions for stock trading, though there are some options fees. There is no account minimum, which is nice. One of NerdWallet's complaints about it was no transaction fee-free mutual funds and $9.95 per trade for no-load funds with other varying fees. Okay, at 7th we have Interactive Brokers at 36 points, which is a broker you will also see in the Outside the USA poll I'll mention after my USA ones. It got two first place votes from NerdWallet and BrokerChooser, and it got three second place votes from Stockbrokers.com, Kiplinger's, and Investopedia, and it got one vote in my poll. Interactive Brokers is a US-based brokerage firm. It operates the largest electronic trading platform in the US by number of daily average revenue trades. It has been called the best broker for advanced traders. Let's move on. Okay, now we come to the sixth highest ranked broker in the USA, and that's Wealthfront at 40 points, with three first place votes from NerdWallet and from both the iOS and Android app stores. So right away that tells me that their smartphone apps are great. They didn't get any votes in my Discord poll. Wealthfront is a robo-advisor. It tries to use your risk tolerance and goals to figure out what ETFs it should invest in based on a questionnaire you fill out. My understanding is they have some minimums and fees, for example a 0.25% annual advisory fee. So dig into those if a robo-advisor seems compelling to you. They also have a slightly higher than normal interest rate on their cash account. So read up on it if you're looking for a place to source some cash. 
They also offer tax loss harvesting, which Wealthfront says helps increase returns. Now we break into the top five. Remember, after the USA and non-USA brokers, I'm going to talk about my perspective on becoming a millionaire. However, we find another broker that is known for giving free stocks if you use a referral code, and that's Robinhood at 51 points, with two first place votes from NerdWallet and the iOS store, and two second place votes from Motley Fool and ConsumersAdvocate.org, as well as a monstrous 21 votes in my poll. It's not that surprising to me, as Robinhood is another one that is pushed very hard on YouTube due to the referral money that can be made by YouTube channel creators. Originally, Robinhood was rare amongst brokers because they didn't charge commissions, but over time almost all brokers have gone commission-free as well. Robinhood does have a great UI, which is why the iOS App Store voted them as being tied for number one. That being said, it is newer software, and they have had a variety of minor controversies and issues, such as the infinite leverage bug. Another of the downsides of Robinhood is that they lack retirement accounts. I've also heard that their customer support isn't that great. Okay, now at fourth place is the broker I use the most, and that's E-Trade at 54 points, with three first place votes from NerdWallet, Investor Junkie, and Kiplinger's, and three second place votes from StockBurgers.com, Motley Fool, and Broker Chooser. They also got nine votes in my Discord. The E-Trade desktop browser interface is good, and the mobile app is okay. I've always liked E-Trade security as well as their customer support, which I've used frequently. They have an online savings account that used to have competitive rates, but now they have slashed those down due to the Fed cutting. I think their APR is only 0.05%. Compare that to Marcus Goldman Sachs, which is at 1.3%, I believe. E-Trade's a great mix of tools and analytics and is a well-known brokerage. They are also commission-free and have a variety of educational tools available for investors. E-Trade also has physical branch offices in many cities around the U.S., so you can go in and actually see humans if you like. I actually have a person they assigned to my account that calls me up every so often to offer help. Annoying, but nice. Okay, now let's move on to the number three best broker in the USA, and we find TD Ameritrade at 82 points, significantly ahead of everyone else, with three first place votes from NerdWallet, StockBurkers.com, and Motley Fool, two second place votes from InvestorJunkie.com and BrokerChooser.com, and then a whopping 42 votes on Discord. They have a variety of perks like commission-free trades and some great research material. They have no account minimums and a very good trading platform. TD Ameritrade is kind of like E-Trade in the sense that they also have physical offices around the USA. They also have great customer support and a large array of investment options. I know people who live and swear by TD Ameritrade, and I think any of the top four on my list you can't go wrong with. Now let's move on and we see something crazy, a tie for number one. We see both Charles Schwab and Fidelity score 92. Schwab has three first place votes from NerdWallet, ConsumersAdvocate.org, and the iOS store and four second-place votes from StockBurgers.com, InvestorJunkie.com, Motley Fool, and Broker Chooser, as well as 42 votes in the poll. But remember that I combined the TD Ameritrade with Charles Schwab votes, so without doing that, then Fidelity probably would have come out on top. Fidelity got five first-place votes from NerdWallet, StockBurgers.com, Motley Fool, Investopedia, and the iOS store, and two second-place votes from Investor Junkie and Broker Chooser, and then 32 votes in my Discord poll. I actually have a Charles Schwab account due to an old 401k I had at a job. Schwab was acquired by TD Ameritrade, so over time I'd imagine their tools will look and feel the same. Schwab is known for having great ETF evaluation tools, though only in some of their tools that you don't always have access to, and they have a bunch of products that are good for all levels of investing. As you can tell by their scores, their mobile apps are very functional, much like their desktop browser UI. One con that Investopedia called out about them was that they don't have automatic cash sweeps, which is the ability to automatically transfer excess amounts of cash into higher interest accounts. Next we come to Fidelity. It also has commission-free stock trades and has some powerful research tools. It is one of those brokers that's good for both active and passive traders. 
It also has a bunch of mutual funds that are worth considering. I've had a Fidelity account for years and I always love their customer support. A complaint I heard on NerdWallet was that Fidelity has too high of broker-assisted trading fees. Now looking at the top-ranked brokers, I feel that the reality is, is that E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, and Fidelity are all head and shoulders above the rest, and any would be great solid long-term platforms you'd probably appreciate. Okay, now I want to jump into the top five brokers outside the USA and then give my perspective on becoming a millionaire. So tied for fifth place are three brokers in Bolero, Free Trade, and eToro. Bolero had one second place vote from the iOS store. Free Trade had one second place vote, also on the iOS store, meaning that they tied Bolero's score, and eToro had one second place score from Broker Chooser. Bolero is the platform of KBC Securities. They have fairly standard capabilities in their tool, such as price information, graphs, analyst recommendations, and etc. I found a post on Reddit where someone was complaining that their transactional costs were pretty steep, though the Bolero site says they have no custody fees to pay, so it might be something you'll need to dig into. Apparently their iPhone app is pretty popular and has had a large growth of new users. Free Trade is a UK stockbroker that offers commission-free investing. Broker Chooser said that Freetrade has a great mobile trading platform and has an easy and fast account creation process, but they felt the product portfolio was a bit basic and research and evaluation products were limited. They also didn't like the lack of credit and debit card deposit and withdrawals. Next we have eToro, which is a broker for social and copy trading. The way it seems to work is people can post their portfolios and their buys and sells and you see their returns. Then other people can choose to watch them or actually copy their portfolios, which apparently can make you some money if a lot of people are copying you as I believe you pay a small fee to follow people. They have grown quickly and I read on Investopedia that they have more than 10 million customers around the world. If you are interested in eToro, talk to Investing Education who has a channel and a nice portfolio he is growing. The fourth best broker outside the USA is Digiro, with 6 points, all coming from Discord votes. Broker Chooser has some pros and cons I'll share. They said they are one of the lowest fees on the market and are regulated by multiple top tier regulators and that both the web and mobile apps are simple to use. From a con perspective, they mentioned limited research and educational services, and there can be a waiting period to get on their platform. At third place is Revolut, with 20 points and two first place votes from both iOS and Android app stores. According to Broker Chooser, they have free stock trading and a great app platform, and it's fast and easy to open a new account. But they mentioned they have poor customer service and only have basic research tools, coupled with missing educational tools. Then we come to the number two spot, which arguably could be the number one spot, and that's Interactive Brokers at 32 points, with two first place votes in NerdWallet and Broker Chooser, and has two Discord poll votes. I've already talked about them, so let's move on to the number one broker outside the USA, and that's Trading212 at 39 votes. It has three second place votes in Broker Chooser and the iOS and Android app stores, and had a whopping 24 votes in Discord. I found on daytrading.com that they said that Trading212 has a great mobile experience which is very easy to navigate yet offers powerful features like charts and analysis and placing trades is apparently very easy. They offer commission free trading across many asset classes but they do charge for currency conversion which apparently is normal. TechRadar said that a con was an inactivity fee they had and that short selling wasn't allowed. So really interactive brokers and Trading212 are head and shoulders above the rest and I feel that either platform is probably amongst the best worth considering. Okay, now I want to talk about a goal that I hear frequently, which is become a millionaire. First, let me say that one of the things I came to realize about myself was that I needed to get a fun car before I realized I didn't need a nice car. I needed to buy a big house in order to realize I didn't need a big house. So as I've gotten wealthier, I've shifted away from consumerism a bit. That being said, a lot of people have a goal to become a millionaire so they can retire. I can understand that. But do you really need that much to retire? Again, I think it's fun to get more shares in quality dividend companies, and I think it's great to have goals. 
But I also want to share that I think a million is overkill for what most people need to retire on. Don't feel bad if you aren't on track to hit a million. The most important thing is that you start investing in quality companies so you end up in a better spot than if you didn't invest in any. Maybe you're sitting there worried how you're going to retire someday. Maybe you have zero dollars saved up and you're in your 40s. Do you think you can save a portfolio of $50,000 by the time you hit 62? I think you probably can. Let's do a quick thought experiment. Let's pretend you are 42 years old and you have nothing saved up. Your portfolio is at zero. Let's assume you want to retire at age 62, so in 20 years. I picked 62 because that's when I believe you'll be able to retire with reduced benefits from Social Security. Now, I don't think it's good to only rely on Social Security, but I would take a bet that Social Security will still be here in 20 years, probably paying out at reduced benefits. Some people freak out when they hear Social Security will run out by 2035 at current projections. I don't freak out because I understand that even if it runs out, it will most likely continue paying out benefits. How is that possible? Because think of Social Security as a sink. The water in the sink is how much dollars are currently in there. The water flowing into the drain in the bottom of the sink are payments and benefits going out to people, which makes the sink become empty. The water flowing into the sink are your payroll taxes. So even if the Social Security balances run out, aka the sink is empty, there is always water flowing into the empty sink from payroll taxes, which means payments are still going out. So all that means is that even if Social Security is continually empty because the surplus is dried up, we'll still be able to pay out because new payroll taxes are continually flowing in. So if they increase payroll taxes or if they remove the cap on how much money you make before you no longer pay Social Security taxes, then the sink would probably start filling up again. But even if they do nothing, I'm confident you will get some sort of payment. I personally am just looking at Social Security as gravy because I'll probably be retired before I'm 62. But at the same time, I hope I'm still working at 62. What I mean is that I have fun doing things like working on the startup I'm involved in and working on things like building this YouTube channel. So I plan to still be doing productive things until the day I die. Okay, back to the experiment. From a calculator on MoneyChimp, we see that if you invest $1,000 a year for 20 years and you get an average 8% return per year, you will end with a portfolio of $50,000. Let's also assume that your $50,000 portfolio is of solid dividend companies and your average weighted portfolio yield is 4.8% which means your portfolio drifts $2,400 a year, which is $200 a month. So you might not have made it to that arbitrary million dollar mark, but you do have something that is generating you $200 a month. $200! That might not sound like much, but getting another $200 a month could pay for some of your groceries every month, perhaps for the rest of your life, and probably will continue to grow and beat inflation. Now beyond that, the average Social Security is $1,500 a month, or double that if you're married. So for this exercise, let's assume you're single. So if that's all you got, around $1,500 a month. Can you survive and live an enjoyable life? I bet you can. Are you living like a king? No, but can you still live a productive, enjoyable life? Yes, I think you can. Now imagine that you also start a digital side hustle now. A blog, a YouTube channel, a Shopify store, whatever. And imagine you keep working on it for the next 20 years. I can almost promise you that you'll be making more money on your digital side hustle than you will from Social Security, and you'll probably be loving it. Will it be hard? Yes. Will there be times you want to quit? Sure. Can you do it? Of course. So don't freak out if you aren't on track to save a million. Get on track to save 50000 and you'll be better off than if you hadn't invested anything. I think you can probably still retire and enjoy your life living frugally. And if you start that digital side hustle now and stick with it, then you'll probably be blown away by where you end up. Just make sure you work on something you're passionate about. Don't just do it for the potential money. And as you build up that digital side hustle, remember that rejection and failures are nothing more than necessary steps in the pursuit of success. Someone once said that. Thank you if you watch all the way to the end. These videos take a lot of time and energy for me to create, so liking my video is a simple way you can thank me. 
please subscribe if you haven't yet and consider checking out my Patreon page or my affiliate links in the description of this video. Speaking of Patreon, I want to thank my latest Patreon champion, Wells, who recently signed up. Thanks, Wells. I actually reviewed his portfolio in my last Tinder video, so I was pleasantly surprised when he signed up. And I also want to do a big shout out to my friend Dividend Driver James, who just upgraded from a champion to an aristocrat. James travels a lot for work, so it's been fun for me to follow his Instagram as he posts pictures. Here's one I love that he took when he went to Mount Rushmore. Awesome. Thanks, and if you'd like to interact with me, then jump on my Dividend Discord chat server, which is the largest in the world with over 2,800 dividend investors on it, and it's growing all the time. Thanks for watching, and I'll chat with you again real soon. I am not a financial advisor, and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I am only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments.